You're listening to South London Hardcore with your hosts, Jack McEnroe and Stephen Walsh. This week we're going to be discussing Christianity using the power churches of Woolworth and Camberwell as our springboard. But first, X2 by Harlow Family Group. Harlow Family Group there with X2, uh, a segment of, anyway, the uh, South London Hardcore theme tune, which you can now download for free from my website or stream it. Before we start discussing uh, heavyweight issues, Steve, I thought a public service announcement coming on. You accompanied me this morning, Steve, to Lewisham Hospital. I did, up to the reception desk, where uh, I was made very clear I wasn't allowed to go any further. The woman was very firm about the fact that it was patients only beyond this point. What happened, Steve, beyond those doors? You wouldn't have wanted to <laughs> be party to, witness to. I couldn't have been any more help, could I? They're not going to let me do any sort of anaesthetist, not going to let me, you know, get involved with any sort of procedures. No, they're not going to give you a gown, are they? Two gowns. <sighs> That's a shame. So, yeah, I had a colonoscopy this morning, um, which is basically when they uh, send a small camera in a tube up your back passage. One of the modern digital cameras, isn't it, that you see in Argos? Not it's actually old, it's not the old Pentax. 35mm SLR. Um, <laughs> they put that into your uh, small, in, your large intestine to see Wagwan, basically. Yeah. And, uh, What's the haps, says the camera. Yeah. I, don't, I won't be graphic, Steve. No. I had some loose stalls, yeah. And yeah. there was some blood as well, right? Yeah. And the only reason I'm saying this, not to gross people out, right, this is not going in the comedy section, this episode, this, this episode is, is going to go in the religion section. Okay. And I've been putting it in different, Last the last episode I put in the farming section. <laughs> We're going to a farm, that's legit, yeah, right? it is legit, isn't it? Too legit to quit. <laughs> like I say, it's a genuine appeal. If you have anything strange going on with your bowels, in your stools, you really are foolish not to go to the doctor immediately. Um, as I said, the camera went up this morning, Steve, and obviously that was the uh, third health professional to enter my anus and it's not as bad as you might think man because in the past i had some hemorrhoids yeah again like you know i'm gonna let it all hang out disclosure isn't it yeah man why not Yeah, absolutely you know it's it's a common thing hemorrhoids the more we can talk about things like this the fewer taboos there are the more likely people are to exactly if one person avoids bowel cancer from this uh from this announcement i want that person fully committed to championing the podcast yeah (laughs) they better subscribe Leave a comment on iTunes if we do save you from any life-threatening ailments. Minimum. Yeah, so, I may, you know, it was unpleasant, Steve, man. I didn't. I haven't told you, really, have I? Since I, I don't like to ask. No, nah, yeah, but it's not I'm going to broadcast it to all of our uh, 300 listeners. <laughs> um, yeah, it was um, really uncomfortable, man. In the past, yeah, the thing is, with a, a little examination, you know, I, I knew I didn't have cancer before today. But in the previous examinations, you know, it's not too bad. I mean, I'm, I didn't realise my doctor's fingers were so long. But do you know what I mean? The little, the short little examination is not that bad. It's not nearly as bad as you think. And obviously it's well worth not dying over. Yeah. If it's a choice between that, an intrusive uh, yeah. inspection or death. I mean, you do feel violated. You literally have been violated. Yeah. But it's not too bad. 
but today, what it was very uncomfortable, man. It just kept going and going and going. And they gave me some kind of sedative, but I don't know. I didn't feel any effect. Obviously, maybe it just made it more comfortable inside my body. I, I think we need to clarify this as well. I went along because you were being anesthetized and you're not allowed to be released out unless someone's waiting for you. So I assumed you were getting a general anesthetic. I did. Yeah, I, and I thought you'd be coming out all over the place. And that's where you came out. You were uh, pretty not fine. But I was fine. Yeah. No, well, the problem is, I I wasn't allowed to eat yesterday. Yeah. And um, so I went, I'd gone thirty six hours without without eating, and I felt a real lack of energy. I had some black coffees. I never enjoyed black coffee. I don't like black coffee really. I never enjoyed it. So I had black coffee last night, and it was the only thing I'd had for about five hours, and it felt great. Were you allowed to have black coffee? Yeah, black coffee was allowed. Lucasade, okay. Bovril. This, there was a very specific list of it wasn't just yeah like they said clear allowed. liquids but like then they were kind of specific Lucasade because vodka's a clear liquid isn't it but you probably can't <laughs> I had two bottles of vodka yeah I'm fine turn up hammered but you can't have milk no milk no oh, right but yeah and I'd been out in the cold all day watching Tottenham lose to Man United yeah and which for it was cold reasons. in the morning as well so yeah. that any kind of reason that I was not myself was not related to the atmospheric really but yeah, it was just there was one point where she goes, "I'm just going to turn the camera around, right?" And that was the worst part, man. <laughs> but and also, right, they've got a big screen where they, uh, you know, it looks like the camera's just going through a big throat that just goes on forever, right? And I kind of looked around at that one point, and it was disgusting, man. I won't, I won't. Uh... Innards, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But it's over now. Well, I think so. They found like some inflammation. Yeah. And uh, they're going to send me some information on that in a post. Some information, new information. Got some suppositories. He did. Uh, we popped over the road for a bit of uh, jerk chicken, fried rice, planting, macaroni, yep, cheese, macaroni cheese from uh, coming up. Coleslaw. Yeah, you got your coleslaw. I got, I got coleslaw because uh, I have such little tolerance for spicy food. I was concerned that this was going to destroy me and I thought coleslaw would like cut across it. It was my way to sort of dilute. That's why it was fine. The food was really nice. Yeah. But the coleslaw was nice as well. Reasonably so. priced as well. For yeah. For I mean, you paid. So brilliant. The price. <laughs> and I had a... The woman asked me what drink I want, and I pointed and I said, can I have a ting? <laughs> Which is the name of a, a soft drink, right? It's just very similar to Lilt. But if you're in a Caribbean food shop, and you're asking them as a Caucasian male, or most three-quarters Caucasian. Yeah. Uh, yeah Someone I mean, who looks Caucasian. I'll have a ting. Probably enough bottom talk, in it? So. But there's an important message there. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody make a joyful noise unto the Lord! I thought you are going to stand on your feet and scream and shout to the... To the glory of the most high God and to the shame of the devil. If you believe, shout and say yeah. Say yeah, yeah, yeah. Ay, 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 In the last decade, between Elephant and Castle and Campbell Green on the Wharf Road and Campbell Road, there's been a, a huge rise in the number of power churches, you might call them. But before we go on to that, a little bit about Christianity in the area in general. Probably the best known church uh, in that particular area between Campbell Green and the Elephant Castle is St Peter's Church of Woolworth, the uh, Church of England church, which is sort of behind the Woolworth Road, isn't it? It's sort of set back. Yeah, just down um, Liverpool Grove, which is um, just behind uh, Abbey National, isn't it? basically. Yeah, That's yeah. the landmark. Moy Omar, Nigerian cafe. Uh, and it's, uh, it's gorgeous, isn't it? When you look down there, you sort of catch a glimpse of it going past on the bus or you're walking down towards it. It is uh, a lovely room. Built in 1825, designed by John Soane, uh, who's a very famous architect at the time. It was quite a coup for any church to be designed by him. 
His most famous building, the Bank of England. He's also known for his house in Holborn, which is now the Johnstone Museum. And basically he took uh, a very, well, I say very normal, a lovely, obviously, uh, terrace house in Holborn and filled it with various pieces of artwork and architectural detail. So there's a lot of uh, sculpture around the house, a lot of uh, very nice mouldings. And in one room he's got a, a complete series of Hogarth's Rake's Progress in cabinets along the wall. It's amazing. Oh, you've been... Yeah, yeah, a couple of times, actually. I went to St. Peter's Primary School, as I've probably said previously, which uh, joined onto the school, um, right inside Faraday Gardens. It is, well, I guess it's, yeah, back onto Faraday Gardens. It's kind of St. Peter's Churchyard. Yeah, very nice, isn't it? Huge stained glass windows and stuff. Been there. You know, used to go there, I suppose, once a week with school. Used to, uh, me and my friend Tony Jimenez, which I later realised is would be Tony Jimenez, yeah, yeah. But when you were a kid, <laughs> no idea. His dad was called Jim Jimenez, right? Oh, Obviously wow. not his real name. I think the the uh, fellas at BT where he worked. Um, yeah, yeah, he's called Jim Jimenez. Yeah, we used to um, turn the pages over um, when the uh, Miss Gonzala, the, the uh, teacher, used to play the piano. We used to turn the pages over for a, which is quite good. You stand at the back with your mate, isn't it? Because we've had a bit of a chat with, uh, is it the rector at St. Peter's Walls? Who's the guy who runs the Twitter account? So yeah, um, I was going to say Father Andrew, but obviously call no man Father, Jesus oh, said. Of course. Uh, see, I'm upsetting our Church of England listeners, aren't I? <laughs> Schisms. Already. Yeah, the Twitter account and the Tumblr, they've been very generous in retweeting us. Yeah, very nice. There's um, houses nearby as well. You were telling me as we were walking past before, there's a series of houses that were owned by the church? or Yeah, well, right next door to the church is the old rectory. Which I don't know what that is now. I think that might be private flats. But the, the vicar used to live there when I went to school. I don't remember the name of the vicar, to be honest. And um, but where the vicar lives now, which I don't be given out his address. No, no. <laughs> but it used to be our school dinner hall. So my school was so small that there was no dinner. We had to walk um, six or seven minutes around the corner for dinner. Yeah, to go in into this hall. massive dinner hall. Um, but that's obviously since then the school's been renovated. They sort of built, took a bit of out of the park, built into the park a little bit. Uh, built a nursery and like the school's like twice as big now as it was when I went there or you know they did that when I was in my last year so you know when I started I should say yeah churches own property don't they Steve as you well know they do I'm not sure what the school emblem is now for St Peter's Primary School but when I was there it was uh, two keys um, crossed you know for, uh, with, yeah over there. the top of uh, upside down crucifix which is you know Peter crucified upside down which I right. think is kind of I don't think that's biblical I think that's a kind of extra biblical type thing and obviously the keys of heaven but they had um they had kind of a competition when i was i suppose i was probably in year six last year of primary school to draw the front of the church i don't even realize it's a competition but they were going to pick one and that was going to be the new school badge or at least it's been on like the book bags and what whatever and um i thought mine was really good man i was one of the best at drawing in my class and i thought i was in with a great chance and he, when they showed the winner my first thought was that it was mine but uh, <laughs> Jennifer Fletcher she won it the was thing it is it was it was good right but the columns are wrong there was a bit where she'd obviously just made up the columns these kind of these not the full columns the length for the um, the length for the church yeah but like the kind of there's a kind of balcony type bit at the top I mean I think it's probably around the clock I think it's probably just for decoration but she just kind of guessed it man so if people want to compare the two yeah <laughs> it's not too late Filmed a music video on the doorstep, didn't I, as well? 
Did you? Yeah, Stone Circle say it are. Yeah, I've seen that one. Oh, yeah, we'll put it on the website, Steve, and yeah, promote yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> the other traditional church building you got along the stretch from Campbell Green to the War, uh, to the Elephant Castle is Wharf Methodist Church. Uh, opposite Whitehall Clovers in the yeah. school uniform shop. I went to church at Campbell Evangelical Church, which is just down Bethwin Road, which is the road where the petrol station is, off of Campbell Road. And so I walked every Sunday for my first 20 years of my life, you know, many other days in the week as well. The same route every single, you know what I mean? It's like sort of my footprints are sort of trodden into the, <laughs> uh, the pavement. But yeah, down Grosvenor Terrace. So we used to walk past it every week. So the church I went to, which maybe we'll talk about a bit more later, is was very... Um, some would say exclusive. What's the opposite of um, ecumenical? This is not a time to drop a theological questions. <laughs> but you know, they um, other churches that had sort of a difference of opinion, they would have no allegiance with. Basically, oh, okay. if it was any bigger than you know, infant baptism was about as far as they would stretch in terms of uh, compromise. Yeah. And the other thing about the church as well, it was. Uh, all about the Bible, right? Which might sound odd, but it's, you know, it's it's not universal. These other churches where they played instruments and stuff, people were going there for that. They weren't right. going for the Bible. They wanted to, you know... The, was it the Old reading Testament the and New Bi- Testament had equal validity as well? Was yeah, that yeah, that's yeah, right. Which yeah. is interesting, obviously. So, yeah, the church services, it was all about the King James authorised version of the Bible. Right. And that was, that was, that was the thing, you know. Can I make a point about King James Bible purely yeah. as uh, a bookseller? What a wonderful book. It's great as a book. Uh, there's a, uh, a fantastic book about it called The Power and the Glory, and it's all about how essentially King James assembled uh, the greatest writers in the country, and the reason that you get so many wonderful phrases that uh, come from it is the fact that you had essentially the best wordsmiths just working. And their translation would be about uh, it wasn't literal translations, which is quite interesting what you're saying about the fact that it was taken literally. They wouldn't translate it literally. They would go for the most beautifully phrased way of saying something. Yeah, so... Which work- is probably, again, going to get me a theological hot water. No, but it works. I mean, I don't think it's controversial to say no. that it works as an important uh, work of literature. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But the other thing was, in terms of music, yeah, nobody... There was no... Well, there was an organ, but by the time I was about... Eight or nine, the organ went. No one played the organ. So the next uh, twelve or thirteen years, I was there. It was just a cappella singing. But you would sing. We would sing, but we would only ever sing from the Methodist hymn book, right? And these were a collection of hymns written in the eighteenth and nineteenth century. Which kind of weirdly, obviously, like the Bible is. Uh, there's a reason why the Bible is the kind of uh, sacred text, and you only take what's written that, at that point. And, you know, anything written beyond that is kind of not considered commentary, the word of God. Commentary. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But it, all, it, it was almost as if the mess for this hymn book had become like a second Bible. You know, they, would sing, they would, wouldn't sing a hymn from the last hundred years. Do you know what I mean? Any kind of, any kind of music written in the last hundred years yeah. about God, people, it would make people uneasy. Even if they might not kind of come out and say... That they found it to it's be odd, isn't it? very strange. But the Methodist hymn book was like this kind of that was definitely fine. Yeah, you picked up on the way into church. You picked up a Bible off one guy, a Methodist hymn book off someone else. Yeah, there was this church around the corner that was a Methodist church, and we had absolutely nothing to do with it. But there were some great hymns in there, you know, John Wesley and Charles. Wesley. I was going to say Wesley, yeah, mm. is the name of it. Yeah, and uh, you know, there was hymns in there that I, I hum to myself now. You know, Hallelujah. 
What a saviour. Well, Sandra, that was in Fun the Bottom Lightfoot. I was watching the other day. That's why I like that. <laughs> yeah, we, we went past um, Walking Off the Church a couple of weeks ago when we were just walking down uh, the roads, just sort of seeing what was about. And, I, you know, I'd gone past it many times on the bus, but you, I'd never actually gone down Grosvenor Terrace. And you showed me the side of the building, which is fascinating because there's a doorway with a sign above that says Clubland. And that sort of uh, fascinated me. I was like, was this a club? And then they built a church here. Do you, and and that, was, that was a theory uh, that I, I put forward. I was like, it must have been a club and the church has got the building. But they, maybe that was a list idea, just liked it. What I found out was that church has always had a club attached to it. Mm-hmm. It's part of the same thing. But there's been a Methodist church on the site since 1813. Oh, wow. I and, that well. Yeah. So the church is, was, was the first building there. But it's always had, uh, as part of the structure, a church, a theatre, a gymnasium, and a hotel. Those are the features that have been incorporated into it. So it was always seen as not just a place of worship, as a social centre, as a place for more than just uh, services. And obviously Michael Caine learned acting there, didn't he? Michael Caine's... Is what my dad has told me. No, uh, I've, I've seen that uh, written elsewhere. Michael Caine's first... Stage appearance, apparently, was at Club Lands on Grosvenor Terrace, which was part of the Methodist Church. Another uh, stage debut, you can call it that, Bobby Kennedy made his first public speech oh at, Woolworth, at Woolworth Methodist Church on, on uh, Grosvenor ex- Terrace. His dad, Joseph Kennedy, was the uh, US ambassador to London at the time, and uh, Bobby Kennedy did his first public speech at the age of 13. In uh, That's incredible. It is amazing, isn't it? It's had a few buildings over the years. Uh, I don't think quite my favourite, but there's uh, hmm. a, a, an amazing story where, um, and you'll probably guess the second part of this when I'll show you the first part. They they had a rebuild in the 30s and the new building uh, opened in 1939. <laughs> Just in time uh, to be bombed out in 1941. What we've noticed more recently is there's been a shift from traditional church buildings to... A lot of churches opening up along this stretch in what were shop fronts, essentially. And they've got the signs and the banners outside. Uh, and it's an interesting thing, isn't it? The idea of a church. Because obviously the idea of the church is, it, is the people rather than the building would be the argument, isn't it? So you can have a yeah. church based anywhere. And this is what these people are doing. It's, it seems to be predominantly African churches, doesn't it? Or churches for... Uh, the African people that have moved to London. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I've, you know, people, uh, for want of a better phrase, want their own churches. Yeah. For their own groups or whatever. Absolutely, I yeah. think language has probably come into it. Culture, Definitely. certainly. Definitely. Um, so, the, there's an, all the kind of English churches that are already established, aren't they? Yeah. So, the new churches that exist have come with sort of the peoples that have immigrated to uh, the UK in the last you know well the interesting thing you see that in other churches as well where um, Catholic churches are full again because you've had a massive influx of Polish people yeah in Ireland it's true as well well, maybe I suppose Americans but it's mainly Polish people yeah obviously like you say according to the Bible you know the people are the church rather than the building so these kind of elaborate uh, you know buildings with spires and stained glass windows and uh, crucifixes aren't necessarily, you know, the important thing in terms of, you know, uh, what the Bible says. I remember uh, we had a uh, visiting preacher once, uh, Stephen Scott Pearson. 
can't remember what church he came from, but it was kind of uh, rotund, kind of very loud voiced, you know, very erudite preacher. And it's so, uh, you know, English or American? English, oh, yeah. Right, we sorry. know, I've never had anyone who was uh, outside the British Army oh, okay. come and preach. Yeah. But he, uh, but you know, very, he was, he only preached one time and, uh, you know, the morning and the evening. Because you'd have a guest preacher about, you know, excluding the kind of pastor and the deacons, probably like every every couple of months, so maybe six a year, and they were kind of regular people. We only ever came once, but it was very good, you know. I mean? Yeah. You kind of, uh, it kind of you sat. It was kind of interesting to listen to, but he was making this point about um, kind of a counterpoint, really, saying that um, this idea of like you know, it was kind of a wishy washy excuse of people who didn't want to go to church that they would say you know, oh, I can worship anywhere, you know, I worship here, you know. Yeah. And he was talking about. So it also, he had this kind of habit of. Uh, kind of looking at people as he preached, looking at someone in the first or second row and just sort of and preaching the to them. One yeah, and like, it just obviously that can make some people uncomfortable. <laughs> and um, he's, Sinners, I imagine, mainly. Yeah. Uh, um, and yeah, he's talking about uh, this, someone saying, you know, I, you know, I couldn't, anywhere is my church, you know, the field is my church. And in the anecdote, the person in reply says, what field? And like, he kind of really <laughs> shouted it. He might have even banged the pulpit. But he did it while staring at my mate Tabo. Nice. Like, and Tabo was just I remember Tabo just sitting there with just this ridiculous smirk on his face trying not to <laughs> laugh um, but yeah there's a line in Peep Show as well right where um, Jez he's trying to get Nancy to sort of he's trying to hold on to her basically and part of it is she's religious and he's not religious and uh, he's sort of saying that like anywhere you know the, this this room is my church you know the street is my church Costco is a bloody cathedral <laughs> Uh, one of our favourite lines. Essentially, uh, the, get, the guest pastor's point was, there is no church in the world. So. <laughs> yeah, the interesting thing for me, just from the outside of these churches, is the fact that the sort of presentation seems very American, what we think of as being the sort of American-style evangelical churches with a lot of slogans and brandings and logos and, and names attached to it and, and titles it's, it's sort of fascinating to look at yeah it's a triumph of awful desktop publishing with desktop publishing I think a lot of uh, sort of self-help stroke personal finance books there's a lot of like the copy seems to come from yeah but as in sort of presented in at somebody at home on their computer oh, yeah. way and sort of uh, cheap printing I imagine yeah slogan clip art send it off to, uh, you know, Ryman's. So if we start at Camborough Green, let's yeah. take people on an imaginary journey. Uh, you're walking up from Camborough Green, along Camborough Road. The first place you're going to find is the Rock of Redemption Church, which is uh, to the left, just uh, past the green. Their offers include a mercy clinic and a digging deep session. Hmm. They also offer anointing services and Thanksgiving services, but I think Mercy Clinic and Digging Deep is uh, where they're making their unique offers. They also have services in English, French, Yoruba and Swahili. This is the place that used to be a cash converters. And if you see this, if you can watch their services on YouTube a little bit, and it's all, you know, nothing's changed really. Still They've still got like second hand guitars in the back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, they've pulled them down and they're praising God on the uh, stringed instrument. <laughs> the next one's probably the most famous of all of them, I would say, because it, it's the House of Praise, which is the building that was the bingo hall. 
which is a point of contention, obviously, because a lot of people uh, are hoping to turn it into well, no, century the ship cinema. has sailed now. Uh, yeah, it's gone. The Campwell Village Hall, right, is what it yeah, was. Yeah, um, and there was the unsuccessful uh, campaign to have it turned into a cinema, or at the very least, not into a religious um, place of worship. Yeah, um, but they wanted it to be used for the community. Well, I guess after the gala left. Yeah, yeah. Their offer is a church where divine intervention is a common occurrence. Which is not bad, is it? Those first two churches, Rock of Redemption and uh, House of Praise, both come under the Redeemed Christian Church of God uh, kind of umbrella organisation. Which they've actually got quite a nice logo. Because as we're saying, all this stuff is just appalling uh, (laughs) typography and design. But they've got this nice logo of uh, uh, a dove. In a circle. Oh, yeah. yeah and I've it's a that. huge organisation. They've got, like, churches everywhere, right? They've got eight churches in Aberdeen. <laughs> like, this, they've got and they've dozens in uh, in South London alone. Yeah. Well, two next to each other on one road, which seems excessive. Like when you have two Starbucks on the same Well, they, I mean, I'm just, they look full in the videos. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, miracles. They talk about doing miracles. So yeah. That's the kind of organisation. Well, it's a place where divine intervention is a common occurrence, mm. apparently, I've heard. So, you know. Next one along is, is another one that's quite prominent, I guess, because it was uh, the national DIY and hardware shop. It's now Christ Arena Ministries. They offer to add value to your life, which again comes back to my whole thing about it being quite capitalistic branding, isn't it? The idea of adding value to your life. It's, a, as I say, a mix between this mind, body and spirit spiritual solution, but also about sort of, sort of phrased as finance, isn't it? Yeah, favour is a word that comes up constantly at the church I went to. It was all these things were always looked down upon. Yeah, it wasn't. I was saying that it wasn't as pro- I stopped going there in two thousand and four, and even at that point, this this wasn't as big as you know it wasn't that big then. Yeah, but even still, then they would sort of uh, derogatorily talk about uh, refer to it as prosperity gospel. Right, you know, yeah, as in yeah. like you know, ask and it shall be given unto you, which is a you know valid Bible quote. Yeah, but, you know, when you just start turning that into uh, Porsches and yeah. uh, I, I was going to say flat screen TVs, but there's no such thing in those days. <laughs> T- TVs, as we called them. <laughs> they offer deliverance night vigils, and uh, also use the phrase "God bless you as you come," which we've seen before. <laughs> so obviously, Lord Rado. Oh, yeah. yeah, must be, because, yeah. Um, just to put people in the picture here, um, I think it was the New Year's before last, one of my neighbours in the block here um, had a New Year's Eve party on the 30th of uh, December, for one thing, so he was like a day, a day <laughs> early, <laughs> unless is, he was planning on going for like 24 so hours. That is so Lord <laughs> uh, But basically, he did the classic thing, if you live in a block, if you have a party, what you do is essentially you put up an invite and say, anyone's welcome, because the idea is then no one's allowed to complain. Yeah, you can and they're not going to come anyway, are they? They're not, you're no, not going to come. But there's no community like, in the block, is there? No, nah, of course not. Um, it, it, if it is four in the morning and there's music banging out, the idea is, well... Lower it's your, Rado. It's, <laughs> it's your party as well, why aren't you here? But um, he put up um, this sign saying, we're going to have a party, everyone's welcome. Uh, and at the bottom, just wrote, God bless you as you come. And I just thought it was an odd thing to put. But having seen it word for word on the sign for this church... It obviously is just, a, I don't want to call it a catchphrase, because that's belittling someone's beliefs. But essentially, it's a phrase that this church uses 
Uh, Sorry, we're not gonna. I'm I'm planning to belittle people's beliefs. I'm happy to convert. Shortly. I'm happy to convert a few people. I'm I'm thinking a few people are going to learn as believers. The national obviously where uh, Errol from Fifteen Stories High went to uh, buy some paint. Yeah. Again, a little further along, moving up onto uh, towards Warth Road, you've got the Mountain of Fire and Miracles Ministry, which is next door. It's also part of the National. They haven't got any copy. They haven't got any additional uh, slogans or catchphrases. Well, if you go on their website, Steve. I re- so my, my point was going to be, if you're called the Mountain of Fire and Miracles Ministry, you've done your job, haven't you? You've got Pretty fires in there, you've got miracles in name, there. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, Nigerian place. Right. Uh, well, I'm going by the pastor's nationality, which I, you know. Yeah, that's fair. Gospel devoted to the revival of apostolic signs. Uh, Finally. And Holy Ghost fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> and they've got a mission statement, right? It's really long. Right? <laughs> Why? But uh, a couple of, uh, couple of points. Choice extract. Uh, to train believers in the art and science of spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is something I've heard of before in uh, the General Baptist movement. Spiritual warfare, warfare, warfare. No, they're Kennedy's. <laughs> and uh, another point to purify the Pentecostal dirtiness of this age. <laughs> that was another Dead Kennedy's album, wasn't it? The Pentecostal dirtiness. Hashtag. <laughs> I think you new t shirt. I'm yeah. hardcore Pentecostal dirtiness. <laughs> um, again. And it seems like in the National Building, uh, I don't know if it's one church and lots of different things, but it seems to have housed at least three separate ministries because they've also got uh, the Gethsemane Evangelical Ministries, which is a place for solutions, signs and wonders. Interesting name, isn't it? Gethsemane. You know, because that's the uh, garden where... uh, It's a place of betrayal, isn't it? Yeah, Judas betrayed Jesus there. Moving further along, we've got the All Nations Evangelical Church, which again is a shop front. But it's also a garden of success, which is nice, isn't it? They offer people the chance to join them in a vibrant worship. And have one of my favourite offers of all the churches. They they do a Night of God's Love in Action night vigil, which is very long and unnecessary, so because it has the word night in it twice. Then, a little further along again, you've got the Power Church International, which is a place of divine solutions. They offer a miracle night vigil and showers of blessing. Is it still open? Because that one, the, the sign has mostly fallen off, hasn't it? We walked past while the surfaces were going on. I think oh, it did was, we? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think there was things going on. But um, yeah, the middle middle part of the sign has gone down, hasn't it? Fortunately, when I took the photographs that I'm getting this copy from, it was up. So I'm not, le- I'm not missing out anything or leaving anything out with uh, their offer of a miracle night vigil and showers of blessing the final of these churches I think this was an old council building yeah it was yeah Yeah, it's very different to, to all the others um, it's mountain... the same building that McDonald's is in isn't it that's right yeah same sort of down. unit but yeah yeah. Um, and there's a sort of I think there's a hair care place or like a, a yeah. shop in between yeah um, Mountain Movers International we discover to recover is one of their slogans where you sort of go okay yeah I can I can go along with that, but then the other slogan is, "We complete not to compete, finish not to faint." And I'm not sure what that means. I don't think it's from the Bible. I think it's just 
supposed to be a catchy slogan, but... They've got another slogan, pray through to break through. See, that one I can buy into. That's good, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And as they I mean, discover that's the name to, of a DVD they've put out. Well, discover to recover and pray through to break through, I can sort of, I can buy into those, they make sense. Complete not to compete, I don't know what that means. Now, I think this church, as far as I can see, there's a stacks of videos on YouTube, this seems to be the most sinister of the lot, really. <laughs> now, because, you know, we've been talking about, you know, these things, and I mean, we would both agree that freedom of religion is uh nah definitely not <laughs> <laughs> but like you know is uh you know yeah, people I'm, are free to do what, as they I, i'm a libertarian egalitarian you do whatever you like you watch if you're not hurting anyone go for it but, but exactly if you are hurting people you need to stop well all of these churches that we've mentioned they all talk about healing right? yeah so and they all talk about miracles and yeah. unless everyone who goes there is mental and they're living in this kind of ignorant bliss you know, that is potentially harmful. And let me just tell you about this one, right? This church, Mountain Movers Chapel International. Um, there's a couple of guys there running it, right? Prophet Elisha K. Boateng and uh, Bishop Climate Irungu, right? Who runs his own school of prophecy. Yeah, You can learn prophecy? Apparently. Brilliant. Um, Does he do like GCSE prophecy? They or? do a prophetic deliverance service, right? On Friday night, yeah? Right. 10pm to 5am. Wow. It's extraordinary, isn't it? That is, yeah. Seven hours. You go to uh, bishopclimate.org. I don't know why I'm plugging him, right? <laughs> well, it's not, you could also equal uh, a note of caution. I don't think anyone's going to listen to this and go, yeah, I'm going to basically book a webcam consultation, yeah? Wow. £20. Okay. And he'll go on Skype. Yeah. And, like, give you some kind of prophecy. Um, he oversees 300 churches, apparently. Uh, the Lord spoke to him on New Year's, the New Year's Eve of 2009 to start a school of prophets and prophetesses. So, prophetesses? Yeah. Amazing. Is Prophet E.K. Boutang uh, a graduate of that school? You would assume so, wouldn't you? His outfit, I don't know if the, say it's the same outfit online, but the outfit that he's wearing. Is it wearing, the kind of ivory... Satin. Uh, ivory satin. It's the only word you can use to sharp, describe it. Sharp, it? Gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, say what else you like about Prophet E.K. Boutang. Man looks sharp. He does, right? But this is where you start getting to the kind of sinister end of it. On his on his website, right, Bishop Climate Irungu claims uh, that he um, is capable of restoration of hearing and sight. Yeah. Uh, can cure cancer, AIDS. Yeah. Um, he also can help with marriage failure, financial failure, and demonic attacks. The thing is, if you if you sorted out cancer and AIDS, marriage failure is easier now. Yeah, I mean, if you could, if you've sorted out the uh, two of the, the most devastating uh, diseases in human history, two people that are already getting on, you can sort of probably crack the paper over those cracks quite easily. They've got a video on YouTube as well, um, and it's uh, Bishop Climate gives indefinite stay. Right, this woman sort of testifying how she, um, I don't know, I'm not sure which country she was from, but she was applying for permanent to stay, permanent residency in the UK, and. Uh, the uh, bishop prophesied that she would uh, get it and she did get it you know as sort of people who apply for permanent state often do are granted it and he sort of was taking all the credit for it basically not not wanting to you know besmirch his standing as a prophet it's 50-50 isn't it <laughs> it's not it's not a case of 60-40 <laughs> yeah all you've got to do is go uh, yeah you'll get that and if she doesn't you don't mention it it's uh, yeah it's, it's dubious isn't it? and the thing is there is uh, a very sort of uh, sinister, unsinister thing where you know quite recently in the news you've had stories of 
you know, people in the African community accused of witchcraft and being killed. Yeah, um, that's the danger. What is it? And the other thing, you know, someone claiming that they've cured um, cancer and some, you know, and they have such influence, um, you know, their kind of charisma, um, you know, their standing. And, you know, someone sort of then doesn't get treated for it. And the, the whole thing with AIDS as well, you know, where you kind of give these kind of horrible stories of sort of people claiming to be able to cure AIDS by sleeping with virgins and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, um, you know, it's horrible. And and, it, it, and and it's unacceptable. I mean, But it also ties into the sort of traditional belief of Jehovah's Witnesses that you don't seek medical help for certain things. They don't have blood transfusions and things like that. And Yeah, I mean, know, they're essentially killing their kids. Yeah, they're refusing medical treatment on behalf of minors, which... And this is, as I say, you know, this isn't an attack on religion. It's an attack on... Isn't it? Well, it's an attack, attack on any belief system that's going, you know, because of what I believe, I'm prepared to put other people in harm. At that point, your belief system is yeah. corrupt and dangerous. And that's it? it. I mean, that's the thing is that these that some of these things say that the Mountain Movers Chapel International, the, some of the people there, they're having a great time, you know, and, like, their heart, a lot of them, I imagine their heart's in the right place. But it's these two... Um, charlatans at the top you yeah. know Boateng and uh, Irungu who are cr- they're absolute criminals Steve you're putting a name on it you know? I am they're, yeah, they're yeah. going to go around saying they can heal and that's that's unacceptable and this yeah. is not a sort of uh, this is where you have to cut off the thing that says freedom of belief this is just this is a real horrible side of religion the kind of far end of this uh, which is not quite what these people are doing but Boateng and Irungu but I you know, put them in a similar category your old friend Steve Gilbert Dea. I was going to talk about Gilbert Dea, yeah, yeah. The uh, Bishop of Peckham. Is that his. Uh, <laughs> he's been called that. I've seen him. He's called been called that. a lot of things. Be- uh, Gilbert Dea, uh, again, just to give people uh, a clear review on the whole thing, probably most famous for his miracle babies. Where And actually, I wrote a, a blog piece on him a couple of years ago, so we can probably put a link to that um, onto the, the website. Um, Gilbert Dea claimed to be able to uh, allow infertile women, or women who have been told they're infertile by, by silly traditional medicine, uh, to have babies. Um, and that involved uh, a series of healings and services and some money for him. And then a trip to uh, Nigeria, where the woman would go away and have a baby. And would come back to the UK with her baby and would have a baby. People started to become suspicious when women were having like two or three babies a year. But then they're miracle babies, so who yeah. knows you know, what the system is. Um, people's suspicions were further aroused when uh, Gilbert Dare's wife was caught stealing some babies from a hospital. <laughs> and at that point, the police very quickly put together what was happening, which was essentially Gilbert Dare was taking people to Nigeria, his wife was stealing babies giving babies to his women and getting them back. Yeah, I mean, he's a human trafficker, isn't he? Yeah, essentially. But you own all of his books, Steve. I do own all of his books. How many How many are there? Uh, there's four or five. I, um, but in my defence, it's not in my defence, I'd, I'd have happily paid 20 quid for each of them. But um, basically, well, actually, we can talk about Gilbert Dare, you know, another uh, transgression on his part, was he would, when we worked at uh, a prominent bookshop in central London, um, he managed to change their policy on uh, the ordering of books customers. If you're a customer of a particular chain of bookshops... Yeah, Waterstones. Yeah. Waterstones. Uh, and you're wondering why you have to pay in advance for your book, it's because of Gilbert Dare. Because what Gilbert Dare was before, with Waterstones, they trusted people. They trusted humans. People would order their books, the books would arrive, and you pay for your books in. Gilbert Dare sent people in to order his books, which were 
ordered on firm sale, which means that the, the, the shop can't return them. So people were coming in ordering 10 or 20 copies of his book, not buying them. And I think Gilbert Dare's idea was, ah, if we don't buy them, they'll have to put them on the shelf mm. and then people will learn about my works. Which sort of happens, you would put them out. But eventually, obviously, they become, and again, there's a lot of industry struggling, dead stock. And they go on to the reduction thing. At that point, they're a pound each. For a fiver... I'm getting some of uh, the most ridiculous books ever produced. <laughs> I think on a later episode, Steve, if you could, uh, maybe we could serialise it. A prayerful believer is a powerful believer. A prayerless believer become a powerless believer. This episode was brought to you by Phil Nash at Tenacious P on Twitter. Follow him. Um, we've put the sponsorship at the end of the show rather than the start, just because, and I want to apologise for this, but you don't want to put a sponsor next to a colonoscopy story, do you? That's essentially the thing. You don't need to... No, you know. Yeah, exactly. The public service announcement just ended up being that more... Yeah. That much more important. So, but yeah, Phil, uh, a friend of mine, plays us on the football team. Um, lovely guy, excellent footballer, and uh, rampant Twitter, isn't he? Just on there all the time. Great. I'll meet him one day. Yeah, time. definitely. I'll get you and Phil together. It'll be a beautiful thing. <laughs> So yeah, thanks to Phil. You can follow us on Twitter as well, at SLHC Podcast. Find us on Facebook as well. Go to the website, southlandhardcore.com, for various bits and bobs, some photos of the churches down the wharf road. Yeah, we'll put up photos. We'll put up my um, blog piece about Gilbert Dayer, possibly video clips and stuff. We'll put up some supplementary uh, material for the show. And if you're new to the show, we hope you'll delve into our back catalogue quick roundup of the episodes we've done so far episode one uh south london sitcoms episode two elephant and castle episode three was a south london music playlist episode four we had louis peckham as i guess talking about what is south london episode five football special south london 11 episode six greenwich episode seven Southwark estates on screen episode eight the borough Episode 9, London mayoral candidate Wolfgang Moneypenny was on the show. Episode 10, we had a roundup of local news. And episode 11, Surrey Docks. There's an episode guide on our website as well, so uh, go through, see if anything takes your fancy, give them a spin. Also, you know, reviews on iTunes, ratings on iTunes, sharing on Facebook, on Twitter. You know, we would appreciate you spreading the word because the more people listen to it, the better we feel about ourselves, Steve. <laughs> Our self-esteem is tied in entirely. Apparently, uh subscriptions on iTunes is the thing iTunes doesn't record hits it records subscriptions or something yeah subscribe man yeah cost you nothing anyway thanks for listening thanks a lot god bless you as you come <laughs> <laughs>